Section six of Blacky the Crow by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eighteen Blacky becomes very suspicious. Of things you do not know, beware. They may be wholly harmless, but beware. You'll find the older that you grow, the only things and folks you know are fully to be trusted, so beware. That is one of Blacky's wise sayings, and he lives up to it. It is one reason why he has come to be regarded by all his neighbors as one of the smartest of all who live in the green forest and on the green meadow. He seldom gets into any real trouble, because he first makes sure that there is no trouble to get into. When he discovers something he does not understand, he is at once distrustful of it. As he watched a man scattering yellow corn in the water from the shore of the big river, he at once became suspicious. He couldn't understand why a man would throw good corn among the rushes and wild rice in the water, and because he couldn't understand, he at once began to suspect that this was for no good purpose. When the man left in a boat, Blackie slowly flew over the rushes where the man had thrown the corn, and presently his sharp eyes made a discovery that caused him to exclaim right out. What was it Blackie had discovered? Only a few feathers. No one with eyes less sharp than Blackie's would have noticed them, and few would have given them a thought if they had noticed them. But Blackie knew right away those were feathers from a duck. He knew that a duck, or perhaps a flock of ducks, had been resting or feeding in there among those rushes, and that in moving about they had left those two or three downy feathers. Ha! exclaimed Blackie. Mr. and Mrs. Quack, or some of their relatives, have been here. It is just the kind of a place ducks like. Also, some ducks like corn. If they should come back here and find this corn, they would have a feast, and they would be sure to come again. That man who scattered the corn here didn't have a terrible gun, but that doesn't mean he isn't a hunter. He may come back again, and then he may have a terrible gun. I'm suspicious of that man. I am so. I believe he put that corn here for ducks, and I don't believe he did it out of the kindness of his heart. If it was Farmer Brown's boy, I would know that all is well, that he was thinking of hungry ducks, with few places where they can feed in safety, as they make the long journey from the far north to the sunny south. But it wasn't Farmer Brown's boy. I don't like the looks of it. I don't indeed. I'll keep watch of this place and see what happens. All the way to his favorite perch in a certain big hemlock tree in the green forest, Blackie kept thinking about that corn and the man who had seemed to be generous with it, and the more he thought, the more suspicious he became. He didn't like the looks of it at all. "'I'll warn the quacks to keep away from there. I'll do it very first thing in the morning,' he muttered, as he prepared to go to sleep. "'If they have any sense at all, they will stay in the pond of Paddy the Beaver. But if they should go over to the big river, they would be almost sure to find that corn. And if they should once find it, they would keep going back for more.' It may all be right, but I don't like the looks of it. And still full of suspicions, Blackie went to sleep. End of chapter 18 Chapter 19 Blackie Makes More Discoveries Little things you fail to see may important prove to be. One of the secrets of Blackie's success in life is the fact that he never fails to take notice of little things. 
Long ago he learned that little things, which in themselves seem harmless and not worth noticing, may together prove the most important things in life. So, no matter how unimportant a thing may appear, Blackie examines it closely with those sharp eyes of his, and remembers it. The very first thing Blackie did, as soon as he was awake on the morning after he discovered the man scattering corn in the rushes at a certain place on the edge of the big river, was to fly over to the pond of Paddy the Beaver, and again warn Mr. and Mrs. Quack to keep away from the big river, if they and their six children would remain safe. Then he got some breakfast. He ate it in a hurry and flew straight over to the big river, to the place where he had seen that yellow corn scattered. Blacky wasn't wholly surprised to find Dusky the Black Duck, own cousin to Mr. and Mrs. Quack the Mallard Ducks, with a number of his relatives in among the rushes and wild rice at the very place where that corn had been scattered. They seemed quite contented and in the best of spirits. Blacky guessed why. Not a single grain of that yellow corn could Blacky see. He knew the ways of Dusky and his relatives. He knew that they must have come in there just at dusk the night before, and at once had found that corn. He knew that they would remain hiding there until frightened out, and that then they would spend the day in some little pond where they would not be likely to be disturbed, or where at least no danger could approach them without being seen in plenty of time. There they would rest all day, and when the black shadows came creeping out from the purple hills, they would return to that place on the big river to feed, for that is the time when they like best to hunt for their food. Dusky looked up as Blacky flew over him, but Blacky said nothing, and Dusky said nothing. But if Blacky didn't use his tongue, he did use his eyes. He saw just on the edge of the shore what looked like a lot of small bushes growing close together on the very edge of the water. Mixed in with them were a lot of the brown rushes. They looked very harmless and innocent, but Blackie knew every foot of that shore along the big river, and he knew that those bushes hadn't been there during the summer. He knew that they hadn't grown there. He flew directly over them. Just back of them were a couple of logs. Those logs hadn't been there when he had passed that way a few days before. He was sure of it. Ha! exclaimed Blackie under his breath. Those look to me as if they might be very handy, very handy indeed, for a hunter to sit on. Sitting there behind those bushes, he would be hidden from any duck who might come in to look for nice yellow corns scattered out there among the rushes. It doesn't look right to me. No, sir, it doesn't look right to me. I think I'll keep an eye on this place. So Blackie came back to the big river several times that day. The second time back, he found that Dusky the Black Duck and his relatives had left. When he returned in the afternoon, he saw the same man he had seen there the afternoon before. And he was doing the same thing, scattering yellow corn out in the rushes. And as before, he went away in a boat. "'I don't like it,' muttered Blackie, shaking his black head. "'I don't like it.'" End of Chapter 19 Chapter 20. Blackie Drops a Hint. When you see another's danger, warn him, though he be a stranger. Every day for a week a man came in a boat to scatter corn in the rushes at a certain point along the bank of the big river. 
And every day Blacky the Crow watched him and shook his black head and talked to himself and told himself that he didn't like it and that he was sure that it was for no good purpose. Sometimes Blacky watched him from a distance and sometimes he flew right over the man. But never once did the man have a gun with him. Every morning, very early, Blacky flew over there and every morning he found Dusky the Black Duck and his flock in the rushes and the wild rice at that particular place and he knew that they had been there all night. He knew that they had come in there just at dusk the night before, to feast on the yellow corn the man had scattered there in the afternoon. "'It's no business of mine what those ducks do,' muttered Blacky to himself. "'But as surely as my tail feathers are black, something is going to happen to some of them one of these days. That man may be fooling them, but he isn't fooling me. Not a bit of it. He hasn't had a gun with him once when I have seen him, but just the same, he is a hunter. I feel it in my bones. He knows those silly ducks come in here every night for that corn he puts out. He knows that after they have been here a few times and nothing has frightened them, they will be so sure that it is a safe place that they will not be the least bit suspicious. Then he will hide behind those bushes he has placed close to the edge of the water, and wait for them with his terrible gun. That is what he will do, or my name isn't Blacky. Finally, Blacky decided to drop a hint to Dusky the Black Duck. So the next morning he stopped for a call. Good morning, said he, as Dusky swam in just in front of him. I hope you are feeling as fine as you look. Quack, quack, replied Dusky. When Blacky the Crow flatters, he hopes to gain something. What is it this time? Not a thing, replied Blacky. On my honor, not a thing. There is nothing for me here, though there seems to be plenty for you and your relatives, to judge by the fact that I find you in the same place every morning. What is it? Corn, replied Dusky in a low voice, as if afraid that someone might overhear him. Nice yellow corn. Corn, exclaimed Blacky, as if very much astonished. How does corn happen to be way over here in the water? Dusky shook his head. "'Don't ask me, for I can't tell you,' said he. "'I haven't the least idea. "'All I know is that every evening when we arrive, we find it here. "'How it gets here, I don't know. "'And furthermore, I don't care. "'It is enough for me that it is here.' Mm, "'I've seen a man over here every afternoon,' said Blacky. "'I thought he might be a hunter.' "'Did he have a terrible gun?' asked Dusky suspiciously. "'No.' replied Blacky. Then he isn't a hunter, declared Dusky, looking very much relieved. But perhaps one of these days he will have one, and wait for you to come in for your dinner, suggested Blacky. He could hide behind these bushes, you know. Nonsense, retorted Dusky, tossing his head. There hasn't been a sign of danger here since we have been here. I know you, Blacky. You are jealous, because we find plenty to eat here, and you find nothing. You are trying to scare us. But I tell you right now, you can't scare us away from such splendid eating as we have had here. So there. End of chapter 20 End of section 6